0: Well, good to be back. I hope my voice holds out. It's been a while since I've preached, so I'm I'm taking it. It's going to last through. I don't want to end up like Chris Hodgman, uh, getting, uh, but I want to make it through with a, a deeper voice. Oh, uh, 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 so we'll, we'll we'll see how we go with that. Um, you know. Uh, even though it was Lee's 60th birthday and I'm 64 right now, and, and we've been, I think we've been Christians for 35, 40 years now. And, and I want to tell you, I can't underestimate or undervalue the power of being a part of a local church. I've done it for a long time now. I've been involved for a long time. Uh, I know the church is not perfect. I I know that there's mistakes. People do wrong things. Pastors end up in a wrong place. People go through some stuff. But at the end of the day, the church is not my idea. It's God's idea. And if it's God's idea, it carries incredible power and strength. And if we undergird uh, what God's trying to do with our commitment to it, then we'll see the hand of God move in our own lives and the lives around us. So I want to do a little two-part series this weekend and next week and it's called Being Found in His House. Being Found in His House. You see once I was lost but now I am See once I was lost but now I am found. And I am forever grateful for that. That I grew up most of my life as a young person that had no idea of church or Jesus. And when I was 27 years of age, I I had some sort of revelation. I'm not sure how it all happened, but I started a, a, a journey of trying to look for truth in the world about life. And I found the Bible, and I found a church, and I found Jesus. Once I was lost, but now I am found. Well, what does it mean to be found? What does it mean to be found? Being found is much more than just being not lost. That'll take a minute. Being found is much more than just being not lost. Sure, being not lost is huge, but it's not the beginning. It's it's not the end. It's the beginning of being found. Not lost is so powerful, but it's not the end, it's just the beginning. See, once I was lost, but now I am found. If you lost a $100 note, and then you found that $100 note, who knows you're excited? but I am. Uh, I, 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 and I, I, I love it that I found the $100 note, but I love it for the, more than now it's not just lost. See, when you're lost, you can't be used for what God's called you to be used for. So being lost is bad, but being found is important. But when you find that $100 note, you don't throw it in a drawer somewhere and just say, well, that was good. I found the $100 note. No, why you get excited about it not being lost is that it's found for its purpose. You're found not just to be found, you're found for a purpose. Now you can spend that $100. Now you can invest that $100. Now you can give away that $100. So the power or the point of not being lost is not that we're just not lost, but we're found for our purpose. And today, God doesn't get you found when you find Jesus. He doesn't get you found and throw you in a corner somewhere and you go, well, one day you'll end up in heaven. He says, no, it's great that you're not lost, but now that you're found, you can find your purpose, find your reason. I think one of the greatest things that happened in my conversion is I remember that um, when I when I gave my life to Jesus, and I was lost, sort <laughs> sure of that I, I was lost, and uh, and then I I found Christ, and I, I think the most significant thing that happened in my heart was that you know what life is more than being born, uh, making a living, and dying, and that's the end of it. There was a greater reason to exist. It wasn't just happenstance, you just weren't uh, in the eons of time, spend a 50, 60, 80 years on a planet, Man, maybe make enough money to pay off your house and then end up in the dirt with worms eating you. But that was my context of life. I, I didn't know about eternity, I didn't understand about the, 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 the spiritual world. And then when I found Jesus, what came to being in my heart was, I am here for a reason. I'm no longer not lost, just not to be lost. I'm found for my purpose. So important we understand that when we're not just found to be found, that we're found to be what God's called us to be. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7 says this. Maybe not. Some things haven't changed. Ephesians 2, please. All right, we'll come back to that. Anyway, he goes on to talk about how that we are now not lost, we are found for God's purpose. There's, a, there's a, an inkling of what God says in this Scripture about that there is more to life than just being lost. It's something He's called us to be and do. So it's important then that we get saved for His purposes. Uh, And and eternal life is one of those things. But eternal life is not just the only thing we are saved for. We're saved for life abundant as well. So it's not the end. He doesn't throw us in a corner, somewhere waiting just for us to get to heaven. Being found also means we can have our potential realised, our value worked out. So being found in His house is not just about not being lost it's where we can find ourselves, our potential and our purpose. For this to happen, we need God. To find your purpose in being found, you need God and you need each other. That's the important thing. I know that that to find out who I am and, and what I'm called to be, I don't just need the Father, though I do need the Spirit of God to do that, but I need other people around me as well. In Hebrews, it it talks about that in that place of community that we can find one another in a very powerful way. It actually says, Consider one another. Take care of them. Encourage. Rally one another. Don't forsake or forget about the assembling of the saints. You know, as much as we we, we come to church on a Sunday, the point is that we're meant to gather as community, whether it be in small groups or life groups, or we gather as a church on a Sunday and celebrate. But the important part is that we have this sense of togetherness. So how I'm being found is not just through the spiritual aspect of God, but also being related or in contact with the people around me. Exhort one another, disciple one another, reach out to one another. It is in His house it's in being a part of His church, we find ourselves, our purpose, and more. So today I want to start with, I want to speak to two things today. Number one, in His health, we find ourselves. We find who we are, our reason of being, our identity. And I, I, don't, I don't know, if I look around the world, especially in Western civilization, if I'm going to tell you one of the major crisis areas in our world is, is that people do not know who they are or whose they are. I think identity or lack of identity is, is, a, is, the, is the ground point problem area for a lot of anxiety and depression because they're not sure who they are or whose they are. And I found in the house of God my identity, that I am a child, I am a son, you are a daughter of God. I know who I am and I know whose I am. The Bible actually goes on to say, all of creation eagerly awaits the manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God. That he, the creation is waiting for us to know who we are. There is, a, there is a peace in the realm of the natural and the spiritual when the church knows who they are. My, my confidence in life is not a self-confidence, it is a God-confidence. I, I'm secure in who I am because I know who I am and whose I am. Now, if I could could say to any believer here that's just been a believer for a short amount of time that the greatest thing you will find to start your journey is your identity in Christ, to know whose you are and who you are. You're a son. You're a daughter of the Most High God. And once that's secure in your heart, you start to realise the power of your identity. The Scripture implies that creation is waiting, not just for people to be not lost, But those who are once lost that are now found, that they find their purpose and identity in Christ. We find this being planted in the house of God and around His people. One of the things that has helped us over the years of, of being a believer find my identity is being around the people of God speaking into my life. You see, you might make it to heaven without being connected or involved or not part of His church. You might make it to heaven if you're not connected, involved, or a part of God's church, but you'll never become all that God wants you to be, and you'll never have the promises God promised for you. Being connected is vital to our identity being outworked. People are in grievous error if they think it's okay to love God and not love His church. You're in grievous error. You know, I love Jesus. It's just people I can't stand. Yeah, you, know, you know, the Bible says that the church is the bride of Christ. Be assured, you will not cut it with any groom. It doesn't matter how much you talk the groom up, if you call his bride ugly and stupid. You won't cut it with any groom and be assured that with Jesus it's the same. That his bride is so important to him, you will not cut it by thinking that you can love Jesus without loving the people of God around you. Well, I, I hang with the groom, but I'm not going near that ugly bride. No, no. I understand the church is God's plan. It's not, my, it's, not, it's not my plan. It's God's plan. And if it's God's plan, it's there for a specific reason and it's vital to the growth of us individually and to the move of God around the planet. To be connected is so important to find out who you are. It's not enough to give glory to God. We must also bring greatness to His bride, the church. And we do this by being found in His house. Who are you today? Are you a son? Are you a daughter of God? Is that the sole foundation of who you are? The day that you said to Jesus, I believe upon you. The Bible says He embraced you so tightly that He would include you in the family of God. I don't know what your natural family was like, but I want to tell you right now, this spiritual family that we connect into is founded on the rock of Jesus. And I'm a son, I'm a daughter. You're a daughter of the Most High God. And it doesn't matter what comes against you, you belong to somebody that is the creator of the universe. Your confidence should not come from the world around you, but for the God who saved, from the God who saved you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So important that we be found, we go on a journey of being found in His house, to find our purpose, <laughs> our gifts, our talents, the plan of God for our generation. The Apostle Paul urges Timothy to become all that God intends him to be. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 12 through 16, He goes on to Timothy and says a number of things. But he says things like this. Be an example to the people around you. Give attention to the Word of God. Do not neglect the gift or the call of God on your life to make a difference. Meditate in the Spirit upon these things. Get involved. Take heed. Be responsible. Stay strong. And in doing so, it says in Timothy, you will save and find yourself as well as save and others will be found. It's in that place of being connected to the house of God that we find ourselves. He says, you'll be saved, and you will be found, and they will be saved, and they will be found. So today, number one, being connected in the house of God is more than attending on a Sunday. That's significant in a part of our gathering experience. But finding who we are. Uh, You've got to get to a place where you realise, really, you are a son of God. Identity is everything. You find yourself in the house. The second thing you find in the house of God that I'll speak to today is you'll find God's love for others. (laughs) You'll find God. It's so easy to be a Christian by yourself. (laughs) You don't have to deal with anybody else. No problems, no concerns. You know, just sort of love. No, no, no. In the house of God, we find not just ourselves. We find God's love for others. His incredible love for others. As a matter of fact, it's probably a good good time just to do some housekeeping. Now that I'm back. A little bit of housekeeping. If you're here and and, and you're a part of this great church and, you know, Sundays is not the day that you need to find new customers for your latest business venture. It's not the day, oh, hi, I'm Joe. I've got a deal for you. It's not that day. That's not the gathering of the saints day. It's not the day that 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 you decide uh, to speak politics to one another, where you are a total ALP supporter and, and, or you're a total liberal supporter and it's your day to make sure everybody knows that. In this church, we all have people from both sides of the political spectrum and they're accepted here in this house. All are accepted here in this house. And if there are liberal or Labor politicians that do turn up in our church, and I pray they all do because God's interested in everybody, leave them alone. Let them have, come and worship the King. This is the house of God. You, you, you can accept people without agreeing with them. I'd hate to think how many things if we got together I'd disagree with you on. You might be Pro-vaccination good on you. You might be an anti-vaxxer. Well, good on you. You see, there's nothing about vaccination in the Bible. That's not our issue. Our issue is freedom of choice. We should have the right to choose what we believe and what we do. We'll stand for that value. So if you're a full-on vaccinator, don't you look at the anti vaccinated like they're the walking dead? And if you're an anti-vaxxer, don't you dare bring your shotgun along to shoot some vaccinated people. We're the church. We're going we're to we're disagree on a whole bunch of things, but everybody's accepted here. Whether you agree with we can have we can have compassion without compromise. We can have acceptance without agreeing. Why do I say that? Because to God Everybody is important. Their eternal souls are important. no matter the socialist or communist. it doesn't matter. To God, they're all important. And our, God, our job is not to judge people, it's to love people. And you're going to disagree with people all the way through. But I found in the house of God, you'll find God's love for others. He can't help it? And if you open yourself up and be that son, that daughter, then you too will become like that. The eternal condition of men and women's souls are at stake. It doesn't matter whether we agree with their lifestyle. Let's go that direction. Whether it's what gender issues they have, what, what they believe about this or that, it's not my concern. I'm, I'm here to love them. I can, I, I can have compassion without compromise. God is interested in all people. Let's make our gatherings a safe place for... All people, whether we agree with them or not. There is a huge need everywhere. You look right around the world. Injustice, poverty, addiction, abuse, hopelessness, brokenness, sickness. I think what we should do as a church is keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing are the issues that are important to God. And the issue is important to God is bringing hope and help and healing to the generation that we live in. There is need everywhere. There are broken people everywhere. They need, they need people not to judge them, but to love them. I was in, um, well, Lee and I were in Kathmandu a few years back and um, in Nepal, and uh, we we're standing at a Hindu temple on the, on the edge of the holiest river, in the Hindu world, the source of the Ganges starts in Kathmandu and Nepal and it runs all the way down through India. It's the holiest Hindu river in the world and uh, therefore they, they treat it with this holy sort of awe about it and And uh, we watched them uh, bring their dead to the side of, of the river and there was a number of places where they had cremation places set up like concrete slabs and we watched people burned their relatives and some had almost been finished been burned, some were brand new. There was a smell of burning flesh in the air. And um, we looked at them do their traditional, uh, whatever, their ceremonies. And as the body was finally cremated enough, they would would roll it into the river. Uh, And uh, the river was polluted with uh, plastic and bottles and mud and All sorts of things. Terrible looking river, was it? And there's obviously these dead people being rolled into it. And you got to remember, just down the river a little bit, everybody bathed in this holy river because it was their holy river. And as we looked over the side and watched these dead bodies start to float down the stream, we watched street kids. And as the body got close to them, they would start to ravage through them and hopefully finding a coin in their pocket or a gold tooth in their mouth that they would take because that was their only way to eat or survive in their society was through the rummaging of dead bodies. And as we looked at that and, and we thought that this is just one example of how desperate the world really is, how much our world needs the saving grace of Jesus Christ here and abroad and everywhere we go. See, uh, once, you, once you get the bigger picture of God's heart, then <laughs> and to some people this might be a brand new concept, but it's not just about you. God is never just about you. He loves you, but it's never just about you. It's never just about me. It's about me and somebody else. He wants to bless me so I can be a... God wants to heal you so you can bring healing to other people. It's about you, but it's bigger than that. God wants you saved. He wants you found. But it's not that you just get found. It's now that you can bring lost people to be found. Everything God is never just about me. It's always about somebody else and being a part of a gathering treats, or teaches you that because now you've got you've to bring your arms in a little bit to accommodate other people around the place. It keeps perspective on life and eternity, how the gospel is so needed. In the house, we find that our purpose is to be a blessing to others, that we are designed to be somebody else's answers. We're all designed to be somebody else. We're all incredibly different. All so different. I look at my gifts. I'm very aware of my strengths and my weaknesses. When In um, Nashville, uh, we have a house there that Lee and I bought a few years back. And uh, when we were there this time, we decided, Lee said, we need a, um, an outdoor um, deck setting, you know, tables and chairs. And she bought it online. Um, and to my horror, it turned up in boxes. I think Ikea is from the pit of hell. (laughs) And as I spent the next five hours putting together six chairs and a table, I promised myself that never again this would happen. But before I ended in such a journey as this, that on a Sunday, I would let people know that I have this at my house, and there's surely going to be somebody here with a gift or a talent that could put that together in 20 minutes. We've all got different gifts and talents, and and in my journey of being a believer in the house, I've, I've found mine. I found what I'm called to do, what I'm not called to do, what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. See, in the house, you learn these things about yourself so you can be a blessing to others. It wasn't just about me. See, even if it costs me something, which it does, sometimes some finances, some faith, some prayer, some helping, some encouragement, it's what we are called to do. We find not just ourselves in the house of God, but we find God's love for other people. The greatest purpose of man is to glorify God and serve His fellow man. Serve His fellow man. Matthew 16, 24, 25, one of my favorite scriptures, and if you've been here longer than three months, you would have heard me preach on it. Take up your cross, follow me. If anyone comes after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So whoever desires to save his life, this is the part I love. Whoever desires to save his life, we'll lose his life. And whoever desires to lose his life for my sake will find it. I know this that people don't give in offerings because they're trying to save their life. People don't get involved in church purposes because they're trying to save their life. In other words, they're saying if I give I'll have less. But that's not how God works. It's there and said that in this Scripture, that if you lose your life for my sake, in other words, you do what I tell you to do, you will not lose your life, you will save your life. You will find the life you've always wanted. And it's in that trust in God that as we give out to other people, as we give out to the cause that we're involved with, that we won't have less, we'll have more. You'll find the life. I, I know people won't get on planes because they're scared of crashing. Don't be scared of... I mean, they're scared of of what could happen. But if you don't get on something, if you don't try something, you don't find out something different. And it's the same in our general life. If you're not trying to be a blessing to somebody, you're never going to find the life God's always wanted you to be. Because it's about giving to other people. God's love. Take up your cross. Sacrifice yourself for the sake of others. And now you are following me. It doesn't say to go to the cross. Jesus has already done that. It doesn't say, it says deny yourself, take up your cross. The reason it calls it a cross is because Jesus' vision and purpose in life was to go to the cross. But he says to us, take up your cross. What's your purpose? What's your vision? Deny yourself, follow it. Don't let yourself get in the way of the purposes God has for you. Find your cross, pick it up, follow me. Don't try and save your life. (laughs) No, no, do it my way. You won't lose it, you will save it. And that you would lose by doing what he has said actually ends up you're in a better place. Too many trying to save their lives. (laughs) Too many trying to hold on to something that God wants to bless you with. Don't allow yourself to get in the way of God's plan for your life. Well, I don't do serving, Pastor Mark. Well, (laughs) Well, I don't do giving. Aren't you glad Moses didn't say, I don't do deserts. Well, David, yeah, I don't do giants. Well, Paul, no, 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 I don't, I don't do jails. Mary, no, no, I don't do virgin births. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do virgin births. <laughs> well, Jesus, I don't do crosses. Aren't you glad somebody who's willing to sacrifice, lose their life so they could give us the life we needed. We must be willing to sacrifice the what we are to become the what we can be. The pathway to greatness is described in Matthew 20, verse 26 through 28. And it talks very clearly about how we are to be the greatest. Yet it shall not be among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever does, desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. You know, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but He came to serve and give His life a ransom for many. many. You know, I I look at that Scripture, and it's not as though Jesus doesn't want us to be great. He's just describing the pathway to greatness. He didn't say, don't be great. He said, no, no, if you want to be great, become a servant. And it doesn't matter what position you held. It doesn't matter if that's a senior pastor or, or somebody working on the grounds, whether you're a multi-billionaire here today, uh, or the CEO of a large uh, corporate company, uh, to a nurse, or a, it doesn't matter what position you have or what status you have, you must always keep the heart of a servant. Keep the heart of a servant because to be great is not how rich you are, it's whether you have the heart of a servant. To be great is not your status in sort of an organisation, it's your heart as a, as a servant. And our job then for as we lead from the top is not to become somebody that's pushing down people, but how do we serve many? He says, that's the heart. Well done, good and faithful servant. Not business guru, not worship leader in skinny jeans. No, no, no. Well done, good and faithful servant. It doesn't matter what your calling is or your position. That's the pathway to greatness. Because the one that serves others sees others. The one that serves others blesses others. The one that serves others cares for others. Let's not be just not lost. Let's not just be not lost. Let's be found. Let's be found for our purpose. Well done, good and faithful servant. Let's get found in his house. Like that $100 note. My purpose unfolds after I am found, and so does yours. We need to be found for sure. Then let's unleash our potential upon the world. Our Christ-likeness is what the generation we live in needs. How will you spend your foundness? That's my question to you today. How will you spend, not the $100 note, but your foundness? How will you spend it? How will you invest it? What will you sow into? What will you do with it? Today, you can be found and you can be saved. Today, if you are found, you are no longer lost, but you're found for a purpose and a calling. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, I thank you right now for every person in this house. God, I thank you. You've got a reason that they're here. There's no accident we're born in this generation to the parents who we're a part of and the, the countries that we're in. There is a plan of God intermingled with it all. And once we find You, we're no longer lost. We're found. But we're found for a reason, found for a purpose. But it starts with not being lost. With eyes closed and heads bowed across this auditorium, I'd certainly help you, like to help you this morning go from being lost to found. The Bible makes it very easy for us to be found. It says, if you believe upon the name of Jesus, you shall be saved. If you believe this morning, it doesn't sound like much and in in true form, it, it starts with something very minor, but it's so powerful. If you believe in your heart upon Him, that He died, rose again from the dead, you shall be saved. You shall be found today. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. He always has. He's known you from way before you were born. You might have been a surprise to your parents. You were never a surprise to God. He formed you and fashioned you for this day. Today, it starts with giving your life to Christ to go from being lost to being found. I remember the day that I made that decision. It's changed my generation, my generation's generation, my children and my grandchildren. Today, I don't know what problems are in your future, but I do know your answer will always start and finish in the name of Jesus. I want to pray with you. I don't want to embarrass you, but I want to pray with you. I want to give you an opportunity. If that's you in your heart and say, you know what, I, I need to I need to commit my life. I need to believe upon Jesus. Maybe it's this. Maybe I need to recommit my life, reconnect my relationship with God. Maybe that's your moment right now. But whatever it is, this is the moment you can say yes. I would love to pray with you in this time. I'm not going to embarrass you. Most people have got their heads bowed as they look around. they you say, you know what? I want to be found today. I want to believe upon Jesus. I want to come back and recommit my life. Would you slip your hand up? Give me a wave. I'm going to pray with you right where you see today. Thank you at the side. Thank you at the back. That's a great decision over there as well. Others today, if that's you, thank you down the middle. That's a good decision there as well, young lady. Others this morning, if that's you, thank you in the middle. That's a great decision as well. So look, one more time from left to right. We're about to pray for those who said, you know what, today. I don't wanna be, I don't wanna stay lost. (laughs) I wanna be found. I wanna believe. One more time, from front to back, from left to right, looking right across before we pray. I don't wanna miss anybody. Uh, Just right now, say, look, one more time. Lord, as I looked, I saw hands go up, but it's not what You saw. You saw hearts and they opened up. And they said yes to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They said, I believe today. And in that believing, something supernatural will transpire. They will no longer be lost, but they will be found. They shall be saved, saved into heaven, saved out of their past and saved into the great future God has for them. God, I pray blessing over every one of them. And I thank you, Lord, that this will be the time they remember for the rest of their lives. I know heaven rejoices when when even one comes home. So I know heaven rejoices for these people. And so do we in Jesus' mighty name. Let's give it up and celebrate those great decisions today. Congratulations.